You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Hello. David Hall. Hello. Greg Hectus. Hey, everyone. Tony Groves. Good evening, fellas. And special guest, Alex Bergeron. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome back. So uh, thanks for coming, Alex. It's been about a year, I think, since you've been on the show. And I think we had you on after you won the Dirt uh, World of Outlaws Championship uh, in 2019. And uh, here we are at the summer of 2020. And uh, by heck, you've done it again. Congratulations. Thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah, it's been a while of being here. I'm happy to be here uh, uh, with you guys. And it's always a, a fun time to talk to you and uh, everyone on uh, on the podcast. Uh, it was an awesome year again. Um, you know, we, we had a great success again. But uh, we're going to look into the Wallabalas Late Mall coming up. And uh, hopefully we can do good again. Well, absolutely. Let's uh, talk about 2020 and, and how the, the season played out. It all, it all started at Volusia, and so I went back to that moment and uh, and caught the final lap. Here's what it sounded like. Right now, and as I say that, Alex Bergeron, so far ahead, he's already working into corners number three and four, and it's going to be a dominant performance in your runner-up last season. Alex Bergeron wins the season opener at Volusia. And so... You started off pretty good there and uh, and kept it going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, both years we we had you know so much uh, success at Volusia the first uh, you know the first race of the season uh, from 2019 to this year. Uh, you know, we extended our you know lead this year by uh, eight seconds uh, in the feature compared to last year, which which was five. Uh, I don't know next year how it's going to be, but uh, you know I don't think it will go always well like that. Um, you know, we we just get ready, you know, for these races all the time. And, uh, you know, when it's the first race of the season, we practiced a lot. And uh, I guess when we go in the first race, I'm trying to get confident and, uh, you know, as a team to be ready for that race. And uh, it always went well. So hopefully next year it can go that well again. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I was watching the season. I saw most of the races. And um, the one thing that jumped out at me a few on a few races is lots of times you, your your stuff is on the top you know you're right along the top but there were a few times i saw you digging on the bottom i mean like the bottom bottom like you'd go up to these guys that were running the bottom and you'd be like excuse me and you would somehow some way get to the left of them yeah just like we see in every race uh, if we look at the nascar pnf free series or the coca-cola coca-cola series now actually sorry um, you know, you, you can't go wherever the guy's in front of you. You need to find a way to, you know, get around them. And, you know, when you're so much quicker than the guy in front, uh, you need to find a way to, you know, get around. And no matter what the track is or what line it is, uh, you know, you need to try to find a way to go around. Because, you know, as as a racer uh, for a championship and especially a world championship here, and, um, you know, when you're running for a championship, you need to make those spots. You know, every position are very important. And, you know, so also heat races, you know, you have points in the heat races. And uh, if you finish second or third in a heat race, it shows up at the end of the season. So 
uh, we need to be on our A game and uh, you know, some tracks like Williams Grove, uh, you know, Volusia, where the bottom is there and you can run it. Uh, this year at Williams Grove, we had a bit uh, of a tougher uh, a race. Um, you know, track, they, they reset the track before the feature and the warm-up, and uh, we had to run the track in, and the track was a bit techier there at the beginning, and uh, tacky tracks are not my favorites. So I had a, a tough time, but we came back with a third-place finish. Yeah, how about that? And there were a couple races, I don't remember which ones, where you didn't do so well in the heats and so in the main you were like coming from the back but you were able to come up through there and that actually was kind of a big chunk of watching the show is kind of watching you come through the field uh is it safer on the bottom or is it safer on the top when you're doing stuff like that it it really depends um you know when you have tracks like Lernerville where there's no outside walls the outside is not as safe uh, as the bottom if, if someone uh, drifts up the racetrack and you're outside and you're stuck in between, well, you're going to go over the racetrack and, uh, you know, you really need to go and as what you think is best to do. Uh, some tracks, it could be uh, even uh, running the bottom or the ass. I could be even as, as, a, as a safe way to run the racetrack. Um, you know, sometimes if you start the features, uh, you start on the bottom, well, you're you going to have an easier time to go around them because they're battling each other out. Uh, they're not, they're not looking down the bottom and I'm coming up down the bottom and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm here. So I'm taking the spot and, uh, that's how it goes most of the time. All right. Well, it's been a, a great season to watch again. Uh, the, the show you guys are putting on a lot of good drivers too, that, to keep you honest, a, a, a bunch of guys you had to, had to beat for it. So congratulations on that. Let's change subjects a little bit and talk about coronavirus and how that's affected what you've been doing this spring uh my understanding is um world of outlaws uh, has turned to you a lot of those drivers as they came on to iRacing looking for your uh, assistance so how did all that start well you know with the with the virus and everything what's going on in the world right now um you know a couple couple of weeks back uh you know will Valas reached me out and the team to you know help those guys out um you know as a world champion team we uh we we try to help uh, the the world Valas guys you know a lot of them uh, we talk about Brad Sweet uh, Logan Truehart uh you know even Kyle Busch a guy from uh, NASCAR everyone knows about so uh, we helped those guys get faster and faster on, on the dirt side. Um, so it was a, a, a nice time to, to be able to help these guys out. And, you know, like we saw in the, uh, you know, the national television races uh, for, their, for the dirt side, uh, they did very well. And uh, as a team myself, we were very proud to be able to help these guys out. And I'm sure they, they absolutely liked it. So tell me about the mechanics of doing that. Do you get in a hosted room with these guys and, are you watching from above, like, you know, one of the cameras and telling them what line to run? I mean, how does that work? Well, what I, I what was working is, um, you know, we, we got in a hosted server and uh, let's say an hour or two and uh, we would get together and, um, you know, just work on you know, the, the car, you know, the, the garage, you know, the setup of the car and uh, make sure it was, you know, stable for their liking, you know, their driving style, uh, the lines on the racetrack. Uh, you need to go in the corner and because, uh, yes, iRacing is very, very, uh, you know, re realistic. Uh, but there's some stuff that uh, it needs to be taken another way around uh, to be able to be fast on the racetrack. Um, so 
it, yeah, it was it was basically a Nosed server, and uh, we were helping these guys out. Um, and you know, sometimes you know, like uh, Mike Manny and uh, these guys out, we were going in the server with their races and helping them out in the race. So that was actually awesome to be able to help these guys in the television race. Yeah, very cool. Now these guys have probably seen your face before because you had gone to the championship uh, awards finale where they presented you a trophy and whatnot. And uh, now they probably really know who you are, you know, besides just that face on the stage, uh, working with uh, you in iRacing. Uh, perhaps that might lead to some inroads to uh, maybe a ride in the future, huh? Yeah, we hope so. You know, we, we already have our 360 um, operation that we're, we're trying to make ourselves you know, run. Uh, it's tough to, you know, to have the partnership to go with and have the funds to, to go race. Um, but we're trying to do our best and, hopefully it can lead to you know an opportunity to to be able to race with these guys and you know our goal is to to race well about laws one day and uh i'm still i'm still young i'd say but um uh, you know time goes fast and you know we need to we need to try to get going here and uh with what's going on in the world right now it's tough to to go across the borders as we're living in canada so to go race in the u.s is a little bit tougher for us now one video i saw recently you put up uh your first time in a 410 sprint car over at Five Mile Point Speedway. Uh, tell us what you think of being in a 410 compared to these other cars you're running. Well, it's uh, it's a completely different animal. Uh, the 410 sprint car is almost you know a thousand horsepower uh, straight in front of you, and uh, you know the drive shaft is only about two foot. So <laughs> it's uh, you know, it, it's tough to, to drive these cars, uh, but it's completely different in a 360. Uh, when you get on it, you know, when you get on the, the throttle, it's, it, it might even lift stuff the front wheels. And, uh, you know, that track I practiced on with uh, Coleman Gulick's 14 car, um, it was, the track was, it was dry, uh, a lot of bumps and, and everything. And, um, you know, the car was a bit set up for a lower gear in the car, so the car wouldn't, wouldn't rev as much and um you know, it was a bit easier to drive but at the same time you know for first time you know last year in the car uh it was it was tough to drive it uh but it was you know i was doing you know good lap times compared to coleman's and uh i'm i'm confident you know if i have the uh, shot to drive a 410 again i'll do great okay and so um are you guys set to go back real racing now that uh every you know all these uh restrictions are kind of being lifted well, you know, with the borders, uh, I think they're only re reopening the 28th. So uh, we still have time to get ready and everything, you know, and we're we're still trying to, to get partners to go, uh, you know, with us. We already have, you know, CSI Shock, Logic App, and everyone else that helping us out. But, uh, you know, we still need more to, to be able to go on and uh, try to make a couple races in the tour. Um, you know, we might start racing here in uh, Ontario, Canada. So we might do the SOS sprints and everything. So... Uh, instead of going with the ESS now on uh, New York State. So that will be uh, just a start to to be able to get back going. Okay. Now, let's talk about iRacing I Dirt a little bit. I mean, you, you're obviously a fan of it, and you race it all the time. And a year ago, you know, it was fairly new, the whole dirt scene. And now we here we are a year later. Can you tell our listeners what has happened with the dirt eye racing in a year? I mean, what's been added? Uh, for example, the do not count cautions. What do you think of that? I think it's uh, it's an awesome feature. Uh, you know, we've been waiting for that for a long, long time. 
uh, like we see in the real you know, dirt races. There's no caution laps. You know, the caution laps do, does not count. Uh, so you have plenty of racing left. You don't waste you know, three laps under the caution every time there's a caution. Uh, so let's say there's 30 laps in the future and you have uh, you know, three caution. That's already nine laps gone in the window. So uh, with, with that feature, uh, as we're going to see in the late miles world championship, uh, that's going to make it for you know, a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of actions on the racetrack, a lot more laps to, to be able to race on. And uh, I think it's a great feature. But overall, uh, their eye racing has gone, you know, from long ways, you know, it's it just so much better. And uh, every build they're trying to you know, improve it, you know, the track states and uh, how the track wears in, you know, how many minutes, you know, it needs to take to, to have the track wears in with how many cars and, and everything like that and you know as we saw in the world championship in the sprint cars this year uh even with reset before the races and everything uh we saw some awesome races a lot of lines on the racetrack and uh you can you, you could go in the slick and you know be as fast as the guys on top sometimes in some tracks so i feel like it's a it's a great way to to have some great racing and high racing and everyone that uh, works on the dirt side is doing an awesome job yeah, they certainly are, and I, I'm not a dirt racer, but I dabble. I, I run the street stock, um, you know, and a few uh, of the free dirt tracks, and uh, I dabble. And I'm not very good, but I can get around there without hitting the wall, and it's pretty fun when you get that thing uh, full full throttle and just kind of hang it out, and if you find the right line, you never have to lift, and it's pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, you know, like we see in the World Championships, you know, the, the lines are very important, and... Uh, you know, in qualifying, if you make one mistake, uh, just like every world championship in qualifying, it's very important for track positions. Um, if you if you make a little a little mistake, you're you're done. You know, it's tough to come back out in in the back, and uh, you know, it happens a couple times. It happened a couple of times to me in this year, and uh, you know, stress and you know, trying to run for a second championship. Uh, but I, I guess we we got it done anyways. <laughs> All right, so let's look at the future now that you've won your second championship. Uh, it's week 13. What are you looking forward to in this new build specifically? And, uh, you know, what are you going to run, you know, this summer besides the, you know, the dirt stuff, obviously? Not not a lot of other stuff than dirt. Uh, that's mainly our uh, concentration. Uh, that's where, what we're doing. Uh, for week 13, you know, I I, uh, I tried the BMW M4 uh, GT4, I think that's what it's called. Uh, so I tried it at Lime Rock, uh, did a 13-week race. Uh, I think I finished third or fourth. So uh, it's a pretty awesome car. You know, they also the um, you know the old stock car 87 uh, NASCAR cars. So uh, I had fun with that. Uh, but you know, I need to go back to testing you know late models and uh, what's what what's more important for us as a team and as uh, for myself. So um, you know, I feel like, you know, they, iRacing brought out some awesome, cool stuff, soft, well, not software, but, um, you know, cars and everything. So, um, you know, with the Formula One cars and the Indy cars and, and D-Lights or I don't exactly know what cars they got out too, but um, I think they did a pretty good job again. Uh, I think it's a massive build. It is the biggest build ever, I probably would say, but we're going to be going through that uh, in this recording uh alex uh glad to have you let's finish up with a final question one we asked you last time and i kind of want to see if it's changed over the year what is your most memorable i racing moment 
Well, I'd say it's the first world championship, um, you know, last year uh, and this year, too. I mean, both world championships, you know, that last race, uh, very intense. Uh, you know, but when we won it, it's uh, it's great to, to be able to win it once again. And, um, you know, it's it's tough to take it in. You know, I still don't uh, I, I can't believe it still that we won it twice. And um, it didn't happen a lot of times in I racing uh, that guys, you know, won you know, a few times back to back. And, uh, I feel like we, uh, we achieved something that's pretty big for us. And, uh, as a Canadian too, uh, I think there's no one in Canada that done that. So I feel like, uh, it's so huge for us and, um, for, for our country. So, uh, I'm proud for that. And that's, that is my most memorable moment. Uh, I think nothing else beats it. Yeah, absolutely. We got a lot of proud Canadians on this team, too, that you're representing. So well done. Um, I think you had to finish 10th or better in that final race. Uh, I guess it must have been a little bit nervous, huh? Yeah, you know, we, we took it easy uh, with guys, you know, trying to uh, to be rough with us. You know, we, we've seen a couple of races where, you know, I've got, you know, spun out and everything like that. And uh, I don't like to talk about that because it's not uh, it's not it's not fun at all, uh, but it happens, you know, and people are just trying to, you know, get the championship away there, and uh, we worked for it, that's for sure. Uh, we did everything we had to do, and uh, I think we did our best, and it worked out. So last race, we just took it easy, and uh, two guys was battling out right in front of us for a championship, and uh, our internet or the server ran out, and we almost got out of the server, kicked out of the server because of the internet or server, uh, and, you know, we just, we got lucky there last race, and uh, I'm proud to to be able to say we we won the second one. So, yeah, well done. All right. So tell our listeners how to follow you. I know you're on the Twitter uh, at the at Racing Bergeron. Are you doing the Twitch or anything else? Uh, we don't do Twitch. Uh, maybe one day. Uh, but everyone can follow us. You know, on Instagram. You know, Team ABR Sports. Uh, Facebook as well. Team ABR Sports or Racing Bergeron. So that's our tags for the team and myself. Um, um, you know, we, we have Jason Nygaard and Rebecca on the team. Uh, so we're, we're a three-person team, and uh, we're trying to get better and better, and hopefully we can do good stuff again late models. Well, very good. Uh, congratulations, Alex. Uh, thanks for coming on. I'm going to pre-invite you to come on next summer when you win the third one. <laughs> we're not there yet, but hopefully, you know, we're going to work hard for it, and uh, as every year, uh, we're going to put in the, the time and the work. And uh, as a team, uh, we, we're going to be able to do great again, I'm sure. Uh, a bit of luck as well. And uh, it's going to go uh, absolutely fine, I'm sure. Okay, very good. Alex Bergeron, thanks for coming. Have a good one. Thank you. I, I'll need to go off here and uh, start practicing for late miles. But uh, I appreciate you guys having me and uh, you, Mike, and everyone. Uh, I appreciate uh, your guys' time to, you know, to have me on and uh, hopefully next year I can be back on it. Okay, very good. We're happy to have you. Take care. Thank you. First time winner, Ashton Crowder, final time at turn four to his first win in the Enas car peak in and the Monster Mile in 2020 is tamed by Nitron Girolo. Going to look to the bottom. It is not going to be enough. And Ryan Luza is going to go back to back. He steals the win at Thunder Valley. Welcome, the voice of iRacing, Evan Pasoko. All right, next up. Uh, we're going to talk Coke race with Evan Pasoko. Evan, are you there? 
Yay, can you guys hear me? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming. So it feels like it's been a long time since we've had the, the race. I'm like, where did we race? Oh, yeah, it was Atlanta. Yeah, it, it feels like we've we've been away for so long. And, if, you know, we've got like a month until our next points race uh, with the All-Star race squished in here. But uh, it was good to get back to it at Atlanta. Uh, and admittedly, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Atlanta. And maybe it's just I can't drive on it. But, uh, you know, I wasn't really sure what we were going to expect. But we ended up having a really good race with a lot of green flag racing. And, uh, of course, a very notable race winner when it was all said and done. Yeah, All so this. first, uh, with a different date, I mean, uh, tell us why that happened. Yeah, so basically, uh, when NASCAR obviously started to schedule a lot of races, the Truck Series race uh, was in our normal Tuesday slot. Um, and NASCAR is the one who made the call, um, because we saw this as well, actually, the Thursday when the Cup Series race was delayed, uh, that they postponed the, the eNASCAR heat race. So basically, they just don't want any of the online stuff going up against the real life stuff. So when it was scheduled for trucks on Tuesday, uh, we got bumped to Friday, which, which was an open night. And uh, we mentioned, I think on the broadcast that I think it was kind of fitting because of course on Tuesday night, it was an iRacing truck uh, in victory lane at Charlotte. Uh, but yeah, it was just basically for scheduling. Yeah. What a moment that was for chase to, to get iRacing its first major win. But uh, yeah, so we ran Friday. So let's talk about it. Atlanta uh, at the beginning, it was a three-car breakaway for the lead, uh, lap 25. It was Colin Keister leading uh, Vincent and Brad Davies. Yeah, and, you know, these races at these intermediate tracks, and, you know, Atlanta's one of the faster ones, but, I mean, you think that they can go green off the bat, and we were talking uh, with some of the drivers post-race and, you know, our top three and whatnot, and they were saying, listen, I thought it was going to go green at that point. You know, they thought that, uh, that was going to kind of be where this race opened up and ran away with it. Uh, you know, of course, we we saw pole sitter Corey Vincent only lead uh, for a moment there because you mentioned Keister and Davies got up and into the mix. And, uh, of course, uh, that was a shorter run. Wasn't going to be the only green flag run that we saw. Uh, but we were kind of starting to do our fuel numbers at like lap 35 on, hey, is this going to go green? And, uh, of course, we did end up getting a yellow. Yeah, yeah. So green at the beginning, caution lap 37 for Matt Busa. One of those things where he was just kind of hung out and and they were just kind of going by him on the inside and there was an opening and he was going to try to squeeze in line and just, he, I mean, there was enough to get in there, but it, not really. And he kind of got tagged and, and boom, that was it. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of pseudo pack that forms with this package is, and especially at Atlanta is really nobody was having much luck. Uh, on the outside, especially really early on. So it was, you know, you get up there, you're probably going to lose three, four spots with how close the cars kind of stay together in the opening 20, 25 laps of a run. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you how important it is that guys are going to be, you know, making those moves kind of same deal with uh, the whole Kyle Busch Chase Elliott thing at Darlington a couple of weeks back is getting in that preferred line is critical and uh, just wasn't room. It's exactly like what Kyle Busch did. He was just uh, trying to, to get in there, you know, before he lost it, and he just mistimed it. It was just the same thing with Matt Busa. Second caution was just laps later, uh, spinning in the middle of the pack, Brad Davies, who got smashed by Ryan Lusa. Lusa had really nowhere to go in that one at all. Uh, several others got damaged as well. 
It's been uh, tough for Ryan. You know, a couple of weeks back, it was it was the Ryan loses show, three wins in a row, looking to break history. And uh, since then, it has been a string of poor results for him. And uh, of course, has cost him the championship lead. He had taken it away from Bobby Zelensky. Now Keegan Lee, he is our points leader. So you know, loser was so good that he can afford to have these you know two three week periods of a bad stretch. Uh, but do it now, uh, as opposed to, to later in the season, uh, somebody who, who really can't afford that kind of similar luxury is, is a Brad Davies who, because of this rough night, he's now closer to the bubble spot. I think he fell down to seventh in the point. So, uh, it, it hurts Davies more than Luza, but of course, notable because those are two of your top eight guys. Right, exactly. So the next caution lap 48, Keegan Leahy was digging on the bottom and he got into Graham Bolin. Uh, I don't think Graham was really happy about that. Uh, it was kind of like what I was talking about with Alex earlier, where the guy was already on the bottom and Keegan just kind of found that one tiny little hole and that was there and he put his car there. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think it was back-to-back incidents that Keegan was in. And, and that's one of those situations where, you know, the point that I had made was, I mean, yes, you got a nose there, but you're not really going to be able to enter the corner when you're on the, you know, on the apron line down on that line with, you know, virtually no arc off into the corner. And then Tim had mentioned, you know, not only just that, but you know, we're in the opening 60 laps of this race. I mean, I think it was a move that Keegan regrets. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, works out for him because you know he gets a, a decent finish out of it but he was not making many friends and uh you know keegan doesn't have any sort of a reputation uh to my knowledge and from what i've seen over the last you know few years of being somebody that's kind of hot-headed or, or reckless so i think it was just a case of him getting a little bit in over his head and, and i'm sure he regrets those yeah i think his reputation is to drive clean we saw that at homestead with with novak for the championship and uh, a very clean driver. And so I, it was a little out of character. I, I, that's that's certainly uh, why he probably regrets that. But next, lap 56, caution. Uh, among those involved on the front stretch were uh, uh, Tiras and Malik Ray and, and others. I think maybe 10, Bolin, Schoenberg, Sheehan, among others, and everybody pits. Yeah, and that was kind of our, our de facto Dover big one, uh, if you would. And, and you know, talking about how he went those first 30 laps and change green and starting to think, okay, you know, maybe this race is going to go green. Then you come back and, and you have a handful of caution flags in a row. Uh, granted the race only had four of them in total. So that's, you know, not bad at all. And, and I think that's kind of what we were expecting, but now we're getting to the point where, you know, guys are junking cars and now we're thinking, all right, well, maybe this race is, is going to get a little bit out of hand. And uh, I think the timing was fantastic because, of course, as as we'll talk about, that kind of set us up for a great long run with strategy to the end. Right. Uh, Leahy would took two and the lead off pit road. Tian, no tires, kind of reminded me of that other race where he stayed out and kept it for a while. But anyway, uh, back to green uh, lap 61, a bunch of intense racing eventually shakes out to be Ottinger, Alfala, Keister up front. And now, you know, you get to the point where, I mean, those are guys that, that get out there and lead laps. I mean, Colin Keister, of course, talking a lot about him uh, as of recently and, and the success that, that he has had. And, you know, he went out into this race and led 53 laps. So that's, you know, was second to most uh, to Ray. And I, you know, I was kind of looking at, 
this is kind of maybe Keister's breakout point that he's kind of feeling himself. And, and then you got the veterans up there as well. I mean, even guys like Chris Shearburn for a point, uh, we're up and into the conversation towards the end of the race as well. Keegan Leahy, obviously uh, leading laps also, but uh, honestly, there was a moment I'm thinking that Colin Keister had a real good look. Uh, but of course, uh, Ray Alfala got out in front a little bit after that. And uh, it was tough to catch him in the clean air, obviously. And, and Ray was making some uh, funny tweets about that as well this week uh, on the social media stuff. But uh, it came down to the strategy because I think they realized, listen, Ray checked out. We really hadn't seen anybody be able to get that far away on this kind of a track in a while on a green flag run. I think that quickly. Uh, so they looked to strategy to to try to make it happen, and they about convinced me because I thought Ray was in trouble. Yeah, Nick Ottinger, Keegan Leahy in the mix up there uh, as they went through that green flag run. Uh, lap 98, you know, at that point, I thought I was pulling away at 1.6 seconds over Keister, uh, who had reclaimed second from Leahy. Uh, 57 to go, uh, green flag stops start happening. Keister uh, first pits with the 53 to go. Then Alfala low uh, in pits on the next lap, and uh, that kind of set him up uh, with that, uh, you know, that kind of strategy. Yeah, and and I think that you know Ray's decision to pit uh, was, I mean, he, he was kind of forced into it, obviously, um, because you know he wasn't one of the first drivers in. And that cost him track position. I mean, the short pitters came from behind. And I think I had to mention that maybe Ray Alfalo's return to victory lane is not going to happen tonight. And, of course, put put uh, my foot in my mouth because it ended up happening, uh, you know, with some time to spare. But I was concerned not with, you know, I think he was like three or four seconds behind the first couple of cards that had pitted. I wasn't really concerned about the time-wise because, uh, obviously, he was about four-tenths, three-tenths faster a lap. But I thought the traffic uh, was going to be more of a headache because we talk about, you know, Ray getting out into the clean air and checking out. I thought that maybe he was going to struggle in the dirty air, but uh, it, obviously we saw the cars that pitted later that gave up the track position, cycle through, and, and they didn't seem to be struggling to make passes. Yeah, and there was a, a few cars on a separate strategy where they were pitting more often for tires. Uh, Conti, Lyon, Clampett, Duvall, Vincent, I think, were part of that. And and for a while there, I thought Mike Conti was in a good, I thought he was going to win it, the way the strategy was playing out. Tell us what those guys were trying to do. Yeah, so, you know, the, the way that this one shook out is you were kind of on the limit with that caution flag and the restart happening just kind of within a 167-lap race, so obviously outside of a position to be able to go all the way on fuel. But, you know, we always see... And maybe not guys like Conti. You know, Conti was, uh, you know, a top 15 car, I think, pretty consistently over the course of the night. Those aren't really the guys that you expect to be trying to stretch things out. But it's just kind of hedging your bets. I mean, you know, you're going to have uh, the variance in the leaders. They're going to do their pit cycle. It's going to be maybe a five to 10 lap window top to bottom. You're always going to have cars go before. And uh, certainly you're always going to have cars try to stretch that out later, trying to catch a yellow. And I think fortunately for the race, because I, you know, I tend to enjoy races where the strategy can play through is this one stayed green and you know, maybe didn't benefit, you know, those guys, Conti and some of those other names, you know, they ended up being, you know, 10 seconds, nine seconds back, I think by the end of this thing outside of the top 10, but uh, went, went for it and it ended up cycling through where obviously the guys up front with the track position benefited because not only did Ray have, you know, one and a half, two second lead, whatever it was out in front, but 
you know, by the time you got back to where those guys were before that cycle began, I mean, you're talking about seven, eight seconds. So at that point, you know, I think they were kind of forced into trying something different. Yeah. And if they caught a caution the right time, it might've worked out, but uh, yeah, as it went through, you know, Keister was fast, Garrett Lowe, um, down to 12 to go. Uh, Lowe gets by Leahy for second, but Afala had a nice gap at that point. Uh, you know, as they got down to the end there, you know, Kane Cook gets to the podium, uh, past Leahy and, and Sherburn makes it the top five. But Ray Alfala, you know, he gets that win done, and uh, the drought is finally over, as they say. 25 races uh, since Ray had been in Victory Lane. Uh, and of course, you know, while all this is happening, every time Tim's talking, I'm going back at my notes, you know, try to double check things. And and we talked about it when he was doing his burnouts. The fact that, you know, this is a guy that everybody knows. Uh, he's been in this series since 2010, and he has won a race every single year in this series, except for last year. And of course, he made a point when he got booted to the Pro Series winning a bunch of races, winning the championship and that, that he is still very good. I just don't think he, uh, this package kind of allows him to, you know, maybe show those strengths and you can kind of, you know, maybe relate that to Jimmy Johnson if you wish, but uh, a 25 race winless drought, the longest he's ever seen. And he could now say he's a winner in 10 of the 11 uh, seasons he's competed in. Uh, it was also his 25th career win, which uh, as we all know, still by far and large, uh, the most in series history. Yeah, I'm sure he's happy to pad that number a little bit, but really to get the monkey off the back, I mean, he had to go through the the pro series again uh, to get back in here and to show he's got it and and to be, you know, one of the definitely the fastest car out there. Uh, you know, I was telling the guys what was the quick, you know, summary of Atlanta. Well, Ray was fast. That was the summary. Yeah, and we saw as well a couple of weeks back, uh, you know, where where Ray actually started on pole, and you know, he thought, okay, well, maybe this is it at Dover, and and it just fell apart. I mean, it was not good after the opening like lap and a half. Um, so you know, there was that concern that okay, Ray's fast, but you know, is he is he consistently fast? You know, he only led nine laps in Dover and finished like thirtieth or something. Um, so. It was the opposite, you know, I mean, it didn't have a bad Q effort, but it's not like it was, you know, Ray by a 10th at the top of the board, like it was there. I think the race pace uh, was the big thing. And, you know, Ray's frustrated. I mean, he doesn't like running around in the back uh, and he puts a lot of work in when he can. So uh, I think it was a good return to form for him. I'm curious if he's going to have speed on some of those shorter tracks. I mean, you can use intermediate speed to be successful just with the number of them that we've seen on the calendar. I still think he has a lot of work to do. Uh, but this was obviously a huge milestone uh, in trying to get back to where he wants to be. Right. Bumps him to ninth in the points. You know, that's that's a good uh, starting point for the next race. But uh, Keegan Leahy is the leader of the points. Ryan Luza, Garrett Lowe, Zelensky, Conti, Ottinger, Brad Davies, Jake Nichols in eighth, and then Ray Afala ninth. And hopefully on the, uh, as well for our pre-race stuff, um, just because there's been so much happening is we're going to be, trying at least we're trying to um implore that we get a little bit of longer pre-race stuff because we haven't had we haven't been given the opportunity uh to really go into the point stuff and i know last week uh this week i guess i should say last week yeah uh, I'm, I'm sticking the race was just this uh this past tuesday it's weird but uh you know we would start talking about the relegation concepts and uh you know all that so uh you know guys that i'm looking at uh you know you mentioned ray getting up to p9 
Um, you know, Jay Mullis is somebody, but Zach and Ovac is not even a top 20 car. So those are probably going to be the, the topics that we're talking about uh, when we get off uh, to our next race here in about two, three weeks. So you're halfway down. Uh, so, I mean, anything can happen still. Uh, but, I mean, there's a lot of big names uh, that I think are are very disappointed with where they sit. And, you know, if I look at my top eight, I can't really say that anybody has shocked me. Uh, but I will say, pleasantly surprised, uh, Garrett Lowe, Brad Davies, and Jake Nichols. Three guys in the top eight that if, you know, I just had to do like a fantasy top eight at the top of the year, I don't think I would have put them in this early. Uh, so those guys have really been doing good. And, and obviously, they're going to try to uh, transition that uh, in the second half of the year. Okay, so looking ahead, uh, there's no racing in June. So what's the story there? Why is there a gap? Well, obviously, I think they wanted to add an extra week. I mean, obviously, we we try to schedule these around the new builds. uh, But I believe it's a combination of just we have the all-star race. uh, And I believe, uh, I'm not, you know, 100% certain, uh, but I believe we will be covering the All-Star Race. In the past, it had been kind of an event that actually, speaking about Ray a lot, uh, had organized. Um, but that's actually, uh, you know, what our expected date would be, the 16th. Uh, so that's technically a race. So we're really okay. only going every other week. Um, but that's because iRace it is actually sanctioning the All-Star Race. It's an actual event. It's not a like a community event. Um, but I think we're going to broadcast it. Not sure. And then as well, we do have the new Damage on the cup cars. So I'm thinking they may have wanted a bit of a buffer there in between points races in case uh, that needed any patches. Yep. And it's changed the, how, how we race. So we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show with the new damage model, but yeah, next on the point schedule, looks like it's uh Indy July 1st. Yeah. And you know, the way that uh, as it gets to the end of, of June here for Indianapolis is, you know, these are tough tracks. I mean, I just talked about kind of the trivialness of intermediates and if you have speed at those tracks, you can find success, but I mean, it's not going to be a walk in the park. Not only do we have Indy, New Hampshire, Michigan, Watkins, Glen, Daytona, Darlington. So, I mean, you've got all kinds of different racetracks. There's really nothing uh, similar to one another, in the stretch of our next six. Um, so I would actually say this is probably the, the most difficult part of the schedule. All right. Well, it's been uh, fun. Evan Pasoko talking Coke racing. Uh, tell the listeners to, to finish up, but what's going on with you personally? Uh, what else are you doing besides the Coke racing these days? Well, actually enjoying uh, some time off now that, uh, of course, uh, you know, NASCAR and, and IndyCar and all that have, have returned to their actual racing as of this weekend. Obviously, we're not doing any of the stuff with Fox and all that. So, uh, you know, we did like an event 50 days in a row, I think. So right now it's just uh, the Coke Series every once in a while. Of course, I always do uh, the Real Sim Racing Full Throttle Cup Series broadcasts on Monday nights at Race Spot. Those are at 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, and just uh, special events here and there. So, uh, you know, always looking to be involved. And I'm actually using the time off uh, to race a lot more on the sim. Uh, I just got uh, some new monitors that I was actually finishing hooking up about 30 seconds before I jumped on here. So that's why I was about a minute or two late. Um, and I'm thinking about running the uh, the 24 hours of Le Mans. And I'm not a big road racer, so it's going to be a disaster. But I've been practicing and uh, looking forward to it. Okay, very good. Well, uh, we're happy to have you. We'll uh, hit you up for the uh, all-star event, and we'll talk then. Perfect. Sounds good. We'll see you guys then. All right. Thanks, Evan.
race winless drought but it ends today at atlanta real fella gets the job done 2020 winner at atlanta motor speedway all right let's get right into topics uh who's up first i believe that is me we have an article by uh tanner watkins um making the case for sim racing and he kind of um Touches on a subject that I think a few of us have, few of us have talked about, maybe even on this podcast, but um, kind of how iRacing and sim racing in general caught kind of a lot of flack for some of the negative stuff that happened during the uh, the Corona deal, and and he kind of just uh, expresses kind of what we're all thinking, like you know it's kind of not their fault. <laughs> But he uh, he says when NASCAR rolled out the Invitational Series in March with IndyCar and other forms of racing following shortly after, the idea was to bring the stars of your favorite racing series together for some some sort of exposure during the time periods when they should have been on the track. Was it going to be perfect? Of course not. And perfection has been the theme for 2020 across all facets of life. The product wasn't quite comparable to his real-life counterpart. But at the same time, sim racing provided the racing, racing industry with value and opportunity in a time where most sports had little to add. And that's exactly it. Like, they, uh, iRacing did exceptional through all this. I mean, you got to remember, they were running all these events that popped up out of nowhere during COVID. So they're, most of them aren't in the office either. They're having to do this stuff remote. They can't do it any better than anybody else can, probably. And so, yeah, they, they, did, they did incredible. And so when the stuff like... Uh, you know, the Kyle Larson thing happens. You can't really, you know, it has nothing to do with sim racing. If it would have happened during a regular race, it would have been, it could have happened the same way. You know, he could have said on the radio, a fan could have picked it up on a scanner and that would blame an racing or anything else. That's like him getting out of the car and blaming the car for what he did or, you know, the after effects of it. So, um, yeah, just kudos to iRacing and agree a hundred percent with this guy. It's a, Longer article worth the read, but it's it's kind of more of that, more of just um, iRacing, you did good. It reiterates a lot of things we've already said in several of our previous shows that, yeah, there were some growing pains, but it was overall an extremely uh, wonderful time for iRacing and sim racing. I love it because it's good to hear somebody else say the same thing we've been saying, um, just to give a different perspective, you know, from a different uh, person. This is open-wheels.com. They have a great website uh, that they put up racing articles on. So we have been talking about uh, local businesses. Bank. I thought we covered this last week, but I guess not. But um, there are local businesses, or and not just local businesses, but uh, sim-related businesses that are purchasing track or track, not track space, billboard space at Hickory Speedway because it's going to be scanned soon. Um, is it one of the sim rig companies is on there, uh, and they still have some slots available. In fact, I shot them a tweet. I'm going to, I'm going to see if, uh, we can get our name in there, uh, depending on the price. Um, so it's pretty neat. Uh, it made me think of something else as well. It's, it is nice to have historical ads, but why can't we also go ahead and add stuff that j- j- just some billboards that are bought just for iRacing is another revenue stream for iRacing. Okay. I, you got that slippery slope there though. I, I want it to be reasonable though, if they're going to do that, I have no problem if they sell ad space and they present that in a race as a, on a billboard, but 
I don't want to go into the Charlotte Motor Speedway one day and everything is red because Coke, it's now the Coke Speedway or something. And uh, the walls are red and there's everything's red and it's all Coke everywhere. Coke, 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 Coke. I don't want that. That Speedway already exists. It's coming soon. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think it's a good idea, but I have a feeling this ends up like what you're saying, Mike. It ends up, it's you start off with billboards and then I don't know if you guys are... You know, if you look at the European like hockey teams and things like that, where they go overboard with logos on on their jerseys and things like that, like you just don't want to have it. You know, when you load into the sim, is it going to have more sponsorship because, oh, they you know they paid a lot of money, so can we put it here? Just like you know, inquiring about it, and then it all of a sudden goes there. I think what they're doing right now is probably where they should stay, and maybe down the road, if they need to generate something, maybe they can, if if it's even plausible to do, like. I don't know how many of you guys pay attention to the billboards. I don't really see them when I'm driving for what I'm doing, but the the one that I noticed the the biggest change was Dover because it's right there over the track. Yeah, and you're going to get that like next week when we we're at Sonoma, you're going to get when you go up over the hill, you'll see that over the bridge and things like that. You the ones that you go over, you'll notice, but I I just you know, maybe subconsciously I see it, but I don't think of what those ads say on the outside of the track. I, I like the way iRacing does it. It's a moment in time. It's the moment, it's the day they scan it. If whatever billboard is there, that's going to be in the scan. And that's the way it should be. Um, like, just like uh, the North Wilkesboro is a moment in time. And they recreated it on some day in 1987. So if some sim company wants to buy, you know, a billboard at, Hickory Motor Speedway the day before they scan it. Well, great. You know, let Hickory sell those spots and the, let Hickory, uh, you know, Motor Speedway make that money. I don't think iRacing is making the money in this situation. The the track is selling the the billboards, knowing that iRacing is coming to scan it, and that's the reason they're able to sell them. And that is another, definitely a good positive of having it actually be bought at the track is that's more money for the tracks who are having trouble staying open. I like the way the money flows, I guess that is the way to say it. So looking at our next article here, it's, it's actually a Twitter uh, from Greg Hill uh, post. Um, it was revealed just before the build, but uh, North Worksboro got another addition after or at the build. Um, for uh, an additional 400 green balloons for the authentic First Union 400. So um, just a nice little addition in the background. It's kind of like, uh, what's the tracks like? Is it Daytona that has fireworks and stuff after the win or something at night? But it's just another nice thing that they have uh, in the background here. So it looks like the balloons lift off uh, just as the cars leave the grid. So as you look, go off the grid and pull into turn one, look over to the left, you'll see all the balloons rising into the sky. Now, I haven't bought the track yet, but when I do, I want to get in the blimp and I want to be up in the blimp as the balloons are released and watch the balloons come up at me. <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. All right, let's talk NASCAR legends. Uh, we got a schedule. Uh, we got another video from uh, iRacing, and it was just as good as the video from last week. It was, at first I thought it was the same video because it kind of has the same footage. It's like a, it's like a different cut of the video from last week, I guess is another way to say it. 
and they do showcase the the green balloons. Well, they used they used more uh, footage than that. They've redid some more footage from the thing, but it's it's well pieced together like it was last last week's, where you know the transitions are seamless and it told a story and it it was great to w- another hype video. Like this is another way of selling more cars and they're they're they really knew with this build what they what to do to get uh more people interested in these cars well guess what it worked because i didn't buy just one car i bought both same <laughs> i bought both too so yeah yeah it's a great video like you said the way that they show the original footage they cut in iRacing footage of the same action like going through turn one or whatever with the same car and you can't even really tell the difference it's crazy so we got a schedule uh we're for the 13 weeks remember there's going to be a week 14 so it's a 13 week season uh what do you guys think i'm going to read off the tracks old daytona north wilkesboro richmond darlington rockingham martinsville charlotte phoenix michigan watkins Glen, pocono talladega north wilkesboro you know what i seen that they don't have on there darlington Oh shit, they do. Sorry. No, it is there. Yeah, week four. Okay, so word of warning: this car is extremely hard at Darlington. Extremely hard. I was telling him. um, So that was practice for a race last night, Tony. I only made it halfway through the hundred lap race before I wrecked myself out right in front of the leaders and took one of them out with me. But there was. basically uh, a cushion development at the top of the track <laughs> like a teeny like it was only a probably eight inch wide um rubber strip right up against the wall i mean it was like old darlington with the old cars I mean, they were running right up against the wall half sideways awesome yeah it was cool it was really cool they look almost like dirt cars and that's tony during practice he goes you know these certain things are kind of like driving dirt cars now you're saying that, Chris. Does that have anything to do with the new side draft parameters they've put in this, or that has side force? No, no, because this is a Darlington. Yeah, I don't but, think there's too much. Yeah, yeah, but it would still have aerodynamics that might. I mean, obviously those cars are all mechanical grip, but I'm just saying maybe it it has something to do with that. Well, when you hear about the real life cushion, what's happening there is there's actually an area of high pressure next to the car because the air is being squeezed up against the the wall and that's actually pushing the car off the wall. Right. Well, and see, so yeah, it might actually have something to do with it. Like the, what you're talking about, Greg, might be leading to the being able to drive the car, car that close to the wall sideways, which is why they're able to leave that really dark, thin line right up against the wall. Well, was it fun to drive it that way? Uh, it probably would be if I had a lot more experience in that car before going to Darlington. <laughs> that kind of sucked, but yeah, I mean, the car was a lot of fun, but man, it was just, it was too much. Frustratingly fun. Now we were cursing and swearing a bunch there, um, Tuesday night, uh, in the practice. I, I want to tell you about my runs in the car. I ran, I got the Monte Carlo, got it painted up. Uh, thanks to Bobby. And I ran, uh, some hosted stuff. I was running Thompson with uh, Justin Algeyer and a bunch of guys. He's a really cool guy. But we it was all caution. Uh, nobody, There was always somebody wrecking, so it just never worked. And then I ran the Daytona Week 13 stuff. And, uh, boy, that's fun if you can survive the first couple wet wrecks, you know, and keep it going. 
But the way that thing comes off turn two, you go right up against the wall and the card is hooks to the left down to the infield and you got to kind of wrangle it back to a straight line. It's crazy the rack and pinion steering and how loose it is. Almost feels like you're floating, kind of going around there. Like you're, you think you got grip, but it doesn't really feel like it. But then it's then it's there. But then, like, my my brain was going in total overload. Like I never watched these cars race. I don't really know anything about them. And I was super excited. I still am super excited. They're hard as hell to drive. Um, but that was kind of my feeling. Is like like it just kind of floating like those springs never really settle they're just con in constant motion no matter what i think what you're feeling is the air flow going underneath the car see we're so used to these nash cars that are just stuck you know with no clearance and they're just sucked down like a vacuum onto the track and these cars are just floating up above like you say and you're on this cushion of air and the springs like you say don't settle and i'm pretty sure they would have had a lot more air pressure in the tires too and they're that would also be a car pre-power steering too, right? There wouldn't be any power steering at that point. The tires feel really good too. I don't know what tire it is or whatever, or is it really a radial? I have no idea. So talking about another car, um, another uh, release for, for season three, they put up a uh, YouTube video, the BMW M4 GT4. Now, when I saw this, I was like, ah, who cares? I'm ignorant, and I really don't care too much about road. So I was like, ah, who cares? But I watched the video anyway, so I had something to talk about, and I was actually blown away. Not so much by the car. To me, it just looks like kind of every other car out there. Like I said, I'm ignorant to the road stuff, so take that as you will. Um, but the, the beauty part about this video that I really loved is they show you um the scanning process of the car and you know scanning the motor and um you know it's it's different than um what we've seen with the cup cars and they put the baby powder and stuff they they stick all these little uh point of reference stickers all over the car and they they scan it and then they show you kind of you know like as they're scanning and it morphs into what it looks like on the sim um i i that that was just that was really cool. That was a neat video. So kudos to those guys for kind of giving us, you know, another another glimpse into into that part of their world um, that we only ever get to see the end product. It's crazy the to watch him scan it that with the handheld scanner. It's like this big thing with two round things poking out of it that have. It, it kind of reminds me of a supermarket checkout where you have the laser scanner and it kind of does a laser grid onto the car and he's just kind of waving it around at the engine compartment and just kind of smothering with, with this ultraviolet light or something it's crazy how it looks it's uh the video that the part of the video that got me to i enjoy watching how they did that scan but the sound like this for some reason the sound of this car seems a little bit different and obviously with the new audio um it could be part of it but they did a really good job with the engine noise and and the way that the the production value of this video is done to to amplify that because the car sounds like it's sh it should like a meaner car it doesn't sound like a generic sound like some of them have oh yeah and a lot to in-car camera here uh you know racing with another one of the cars and just just so you can hear that sound and it is beefy 
It's uh, definitely another example of the fact that they are updating the roadside of the service as well as the oval. Uh, I haven't bought either one of the GT4s. I have run around in that TCR for a while, um, but it's becoming a popular class because it's it's not the setups on them are also just not as complicated as they are when you jump into uh, the GT class, the or the well the upper GT class or the LMP classes, which had which take an engineer degree, even in iRacing. And um, speaking of that new car, and, or I'm sorry, the new, wherever I was, <laughs> the Grown America graphical update, um, Bo Albert, I believe his name was, yeah, Bo Albert on YouTube put up a side-by-side -side video showing before and after the update. And, I mean, uh, to me, honestly, the, the only thing I noticed right away is that the new looks way darker. Um, but when you start kind of looking a little bit deeper into the video, you notice a lot more of the details. Like it's the track looks darker, but also the grass next to the track has a lot more detail in it. The dirt next to that has a lot more detail and has better color. So um, what do you guys think of the new updates? I don't... I Obviously everything with the, the new stuff looks way more realistic, but I also have noticed like I said that darkness and I think it's the kind of related to that overexposure deal that they added and slider you could adjust but to me a lot of times it just ends up being too dark the reason it looks dark is because there's more depth to it is what you're trying to get at there's your the image will come off a little bit darker because it there, it's more defined whereas before that's the old track like that track was I want to say that track's been on this eight years or more like it's one of the first road courses that was after the original stuff so that's a pretty old build and it's it was more of a flat you know generic build whereas now you've got defined depth of the grass and and, and the world has more you know there's depth to the environment um i just think they're they were just updating the track kind of like what they did with um uh, losing the what was the what's the one track the lime rock when they updated that it it kind of just brought it into this well, century feeling right yeah. lime rock was a completely new scan actually this is just a graphical update but there's it's a pretty considerable graphical update and just like at dover uh the overpasses have definitely changed that's the easiest thing for me to recognize because you use them as as brake markers and such i think the track surface color has changed as well to be updated it has, that's what yeah. that that's the what surface, this side by side is showing they, they changed the surface the signage uh as well as a lot of trackside objects and even the trees and curbing they updated all of that and probably the one of the reasons they didn't rescan it is probably because nothing has happened to that track since then there's no new pavement there's just you know, just new signage and some updated, maybe, maybe they've raised that they changed the depth of the curbs and things like that too. So they, you know, they got a yeah. little bit more stuff done. And Lime Rock was actually completely reconfigured since the last time it was scanned. So Are we ready to dive into the big one. Well, let's go into a video first that iRacing posted as like a, a tease on the day of, right? It was on the day of the build coming out. Right. Um, they basically summarized all the big points of the thing of the 
of the build, whereas like you know the tracks the, that they've done, the cars, and they finally showed you the damage model of the cup cars and the cars that they've added the damage model to, which was nice. It's just a when I first saw the video and I was like, oh, three minutes of what what are we gonna see here? And the amount of stuff just with that, without any of the little minor things that you read in the build sheet and stuff, this build is just amazingly done. There's so much content. I mean, there, there's so many different cars, so many different tracks, and then all the other stuff that we're going to go through. It's just, I feel like it's the biggest build ever. I don't know how to quantify that, but just since I've been talking about it, there's just so much. Let's get into it. All right, so we're going to talk uh, release notes next. Uh, I got the first section, uh, Beta UI. That's a new loading screen. Um, and uh, let's see what else. They give you a percentage of completion for loading, uh, detailed information on the track being loaded, displaying other entries in the session for online races. Other registered members are viewable, and a projected strength of field is actually shown. So when you launch from the beta, you're getting a, all this new information. I haven't tried it yet. I need to do it. And, you know, that actually tempts me to start regularly using the beta now because we also get in the regular interface the, the progress bar, but it's right there where my floating monitor is, so I can't see it. I was ah. going to say there's uh, there's Mike's carrot. That's what we've been waiting for. you got to put uh-huh. something on there that makes it worth using the beta UI. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, the store, uh, they have a new page has been added to the store with prices. Uh, the prices page consolidates some aspects of the store, so it, you have an easy-to-browse list of all the cars and all the tracks. A list includes helpful basic information, like is price, ownership, status, number of configurations, and purchase. Tony. Yeah, we also got some uh, user-created session um, additions. Um, a big one is uh, short parade laps are now available. Um, allows uh, you have a rolling start, uh, you know, with the initial parade, parade lap. Um, you can have that as a, a partial lap, uh, if if you so choose. Um, that comes in handy. <laughs> absolutely. Now I want to stop you right there. So I'm at Pocono, and I want to run a race, and I turn this on. I think it's going to start you like over between turns two and three. Yes, that's what it's saying it's supposed to do. Well, is this only available at uh, some tracks? Because when I set the servers up for Michigan this week, it was grayed out. I'm wondering if it's the tracks over a certain length, maybe. Well, when you you start uh, a race at Le Mans, you start really close to the the back side, right? Whereas, it's kind of the same thing. Whereas when we go to the old World America, I don't know if they've changed this or not, but when any official series would grid the old World America, you had to drive the entire track for a parade lap, even in the official series. Hmm. So they made a couple of other changes, um, like easier stuff. Um, so like the options for the cars in the session are now consolidated under a car options pop-out menu. Um, you just click on a gear icon associated with each car. Um, just some stuff to uh, make life a little easier and a little prettier. And um, But uh, 
sorry, um, David, to your uh, question there. Yes, um, there is. Uh, it is limited to, to certain track configurations. I just happen to not put that part into this uh, script. Brad's Hatch, uh, uh, Spa, Lime Rock, Road America, Road Atlanta, Sebring, Silverstone, Summit Point, Watkins Glen, WeatherTech, um, both the old Lime Rock and the old Silverstone. Aha. Uh -huh. Some of those are actually really short uh, road tracks. I mean, Lime Rock is, um, is literally a short track for a road. It's probably just a test. They're going to obviously keep going on it probably the more that people get in the forums about it probably too, right? So we got some uh, uh, different things with the paint shop as well. Um, uh, it may now be sponsored by real world organizations. Um, apparently, I did not read this through very well. We'll probably see this a little further down the line too, where I expanded on it a little bit more. Um, the uh, shop sponsors logo appears at the top of the paint shop. And uh, currently, it is Summit Racing Equipment. So is this what we're kind of talking about? They're selling ad revenue? It almost kind of sounds like that. I thought they had always done that with all of the different sponsors that were yeah, selectable. Yeah, what's do? Yeah. But maybe it's now something where it's... That's where you're clicking and selecting one. Now it's forcing you to see one all the time. So they're sponsoring website space or interface space. Yeah, let me keep going. I'm going to see what it looks like here. Chris, That's... you're up. Yeah, so um, on the member site side, uh, for uh, those that scrape um, data off of the My Results series page, there's a, a new address to get those from. So if you're one of those people, you might want to make sure you get that address. Uh, on the race servers, Open practice sessions can now utilize run groups. This is kind of a big one. I'm not sure I completely understand. I guess previously open practice sessions were limited to having only as many drivers connected to connected at, at once as the max field size specified by the series. For popular series with small max field sizes, this led to having dozens of open practice sessions running during popular time slots. The display of all those sessions was cumbersome and it made it overly difficult to directly register for an open practice. And so these run groups are supposed to help fix this problem. And the way I understand it is so your race practice now will be one. Um, Only one to pick. Yeah, there'd be one, there's the one big server that's going to have everybody in the practice. But then in that practice, there'll be the broken down these separate run groups. And that run group will be whatever, if it's a 20-car um, session, it'll have that plus extras, I guess. Uh, at least eight spots, possibly more, from what I'm understanding, depending on the series. And you'll be able to jump in between those different run groups within that same practice session, or within that same, well, yeah, practice session, as long as there's an open spot. So that's uh the way I'm understanding it. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I actually had to read this one through a couple times. And um, what I'm also understanding is that, you know, Chris, you and I are, are jump into a practice, but we jump in like, say, 15, 20 minutes apart. Um, under the old system, we're likely not going to um, 
you know, get into the same session unless I, you know, find you on my friends list and go through all that. Well, with this here, as soon as you jump in, I can drop down and, you know, find your session real quickly. And as long as there's an available spot, I can just move on over to your session and, and practice with you. That's, um, I think that's, uh, what, what they're trying to get at and why this is kind of a cool thing. Well, that, and I think, so another problem too, like, so let's say I do get it on and practice 15 minutes before you do, and it's a busy night. Well, that lobby fills up and then there's that whole race lobby. That's that race server that's running on there forever. Maybe everybody but five people in that server quit out. Well, they have this whole server that's running for me and four other people. And you can't get into that server anymore because those spots are taken. And so that, this will help with that problem. And I also wonder if, so in regular, like the hosted practices, will those be the same way now, I guess, too? So like, I hope if, so. Yeah. So if we do a, another team fun practice, it fills up and a bunch of people leave, there will still be open spots, I think. Kind of if I'm reading this like. right, you can be in one practice session and or basically a run group. And well, well, let's say me and you are practicing, Chris, and then Greg and Tony show up, but there's no slot in the server we, we're in. But let's say there's four slots in one of the other one run groups. We could all hop over to that one real quick without having to re-register. I'm wondering, okay, so when I'm, I have a new uh, league that's starting tonight, and he was talking about something different here where, he can bring all the guys that have applied for the group into it. And then there's a reserve, a reserve list that people can wait and um, be added in um, because there's waiting for certain guys to pay up still. So if they didn't pay up, he'd pull them out and bring others in. So I'm wondering if this is kind of because of this new update. I think he's just doing that himself manually. I thought, but I thought once you're in a, in the server, you take up a spot. Usually. So then if he takes, say, say it was me, he takes me out. Somebody can't actually take my spot. I'm still designated there, right? You know, not is, it, is he going to let somebody join the server before they've paid? Is that what he's saying? Or just join the league before they've paid? Well, you apply for it. And then he was saying that, you know, he was still waiting on people to pay up. If they hadn't, he would allow the other guy, the other person in if they were going to pay up before that person did. It's just the way nice. it He's well, probably yeah. basing that on the on league applications, then not actually entering the server. Yeah, so I don't know. It just it sounds like it sounds like now they've gotten rid of the fact where you can't be you're 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 not actually taking that stall completely since for that two hours or whatever in that server. You're taking it just the time you're in there. So as soon as you're out, it opens back up. Sounds like it. I think. Okay. Who's next? David Hall, AI racing. Well, we also have uh, the couple of changes on the dirt oval racing that we kind of glazed over. Um, there's an average, there's a change in the water loss and also something, the overall starting dynamic track state for non-heat events has been made slightly fresher. And then we'll jump on into my section. Uh, we have a lot of new AI additions. Uh, they've made it available for the following cars, the new BMW M4, the new Indy Pro 2000, the Spec Racer Ford, and the the in the US is the USF 2000 a new one? That's Isn't that the other one. new Indy yeah. car? Yeah. They've also added it for the following tracks: Chicago, Spa, Dover, Homestead, Kentucky, Sacuba, and Laguna Seca. Multi-class races are now greeted by car class. Um, I guess that wasn't happening in AI. 
in hosted sessions, you have to make sure you set the classes up right, or sometimes they'll get blended. Um, you can also use customized fuel amounts now. These are all things that were available, I guess, in hosted races. And I'm not going to read off this entire list, but there's a lot of new enhancements to the AI machine learning that they've added. You can you can check the show notes if you want to see all of those specific, but they, they continue to do as many things as they can to make the AI behave more like a real person. I'm just so excited about that they keep adding each time. Like they just keep getting tracks in there and they keep improving the way it works because I tried this a couple of weeks ago to, to build a setup and any track that this is available now, I, I'll use to just practice with it. But it's I, I love this AI setting just the way that they're going about it. Yeah, running a race is still beneficial to see what you have compared to the guys you know that are about the same speed as you. But it is really handy to be able to get in there and practice in in a heavy pack and just see how it changes the behavior of the car. So apparently on this one too, they trained the Audi driver better and all the cup drivers better, plus the two Porsche cars. <laughs> and they've also added some AI vehicle enhancements that have to do with tire conditioning. It probably made them made them a little bit better than Mike at taking care of their tires. Maybe. So, we'll go on to cautions here. Um, this was one that kind of, I, I don't know. It kind of surprised us when we read it or t- you know, saw it. But um, so now lap cars are able to pit um, with the leaders on like super speedways and stuff to reduce the amount of caution laps, which is a great idea because there's no need for as many caution laps as we already run in the uh, NIS series, at least for us. Um, so the tracks that have been added for this um, three lap or for this extra it, or ability to go down pit road with would be uh, Auto Club, uh, Monza, Daytona, Indianapolis, Michigan, Pocono, and Talladega. So it it's a great addition to it. Um, they fixed some other bugs with uh, the caution laps of the pace car at the start, but... Um, the rest of it, that's a great addition that we didn't see coming. But it does have some uh, issues that it's causing as a result. If we had, it happened to me, uh, not today, but yesterday, because I got caught in an early accident, was running running the whole race 12 laps down. But once I had fixed the car, I could keep up with most of the pack and was actually outrunning some of the lead lap cars. So there was a big wreck at some point somewhere where the field was really spread out. And also a lot of people had to stop because the track was blocked. We never got caught back up in time. And because the, because when, if the pace car hits two to green before a lap car can get to the pit entry, he has to start, he has to let all the other lap or lead lap cars pass him before he can pit. So that's a bug. That's an unforeseen consequence that they'll need to work out. How do you work that out? That's a common place in NIS. Well, yeah. Well, it's even worse. It's even worse now because, like I said, the the pit opens for everybody. But I was not allowed to pit because there was about seven lead lap cars behind me. And but I had not made it to the pit yet because we didn't catch up. And as soon as it turns two to green, it starts sticking all the lap cars in the back. Yeah, I just think people are going to have to learn how to pace is the answer to that. <laughs> well, I've mentioned this before, and I'll say it again. I, I wish they would just I, – I do like how fast they have the pace car going. It's kind of funny because I was saying slow the pace car down at Martinsville, but they actually sped it up at Michigan, and it's nice. 
you know, because you have a lot of space, but why can't they make the pace car wait until the majority of the field has passed or particularly until the leader is close to catching him before he pulls out? That, that would help with that son. Well, because if you read what, that, it, it kind of says they did do that. It said fix an issue where an additional caution lap could be added if the pace car is before the line as a leader crosses the line. That's actually making every. That's actually just making it give everybody a, a longer amount of time. I guess it's it's making it take another lap around. What I'm saying is just have that pace car wait until the leaders in turn four to pull out. Yeah. All right. Let's keep moving. Penalties. Um, Drive-through penalties are now in place. The incident count black flag penalty has now been changed from a stop and go to a drive-through penalty. So it's no longer stop and go. Um, if you're in a hosted, an admin can do drive-through penalties. Um, you can also, uh, getting a pit speed or other pit lane penalty while serving a drive-through penalty will still clear the drive-through penalty, but now the driver will have extra penalties that will be incurred during the process and will need to clear those separately. So you don't want to speed uh, or you'll end up coming down again. I think that's, uh, that was a, a much-needed thing, too, to fix that penalty system that they've added. Well, I'm glad it's not a stop-and-go. I'm glad it's a proper drive-through. I think that was needed. Well, you know, physics side was uh, pretty small this time around. Just uh, some side drafting parameters have been improved. Um, we've been talking about side drafting or lack thereof so um that could be a very welcome change and the big one that we've been talking about for a while this is not new news but the uh the tires the limited tires limited tire sets um are now available and we covered that pretty you know pretty in depth uh last week so we'll just kind of it's there you know what cars it is trucks and down uh on the oval side i don't oh no the, there's some uh, um, road stuff there too. Uh, a few of the cars: Austin Martin, Audi GTO, Cadillac, CTS, uh, Corvette 4GT, Mustang FR500, Nissan GTP, uh, Solstice Radical, and the Spec Racer Ford. Um, the parameters have been updated to a new archetype that should improve racing for them. And the uh, interactions between the tire and rubber on the track surface has also been approved. David, have you? Obviously, there's no races for any of the GT cars. Have you tried any of them since the build? Uh, no. Well, I've been running around in the Radical, but I only run it usually during week 13, so I couldn't tell you how I've, different it is from the last time. I've read some really good stuff about the GT tires in the forums. Well, they were um, really complaining about them. They were really complaining about them before the build. So if that's, some, I don't know a lot about the way the GT car has been over the whole time that they've had the new model, but it does seem like it's lacking a little bit of grip. But who knows what? I'll, I'll have yeah. to get in one and try it. On this list is not the new GT cars. This is more of the classic GT classes. Yeah. They didn't do any changes to the IMSA cars That's or funny. the Mon class cars. I was reading somebody who said the tire model's great. <laughs> what about damage, Chris? We have some 
new cars with the new damage model. Lots, we, lots of damage. <laughs> so much damage. We have the BMW M4 GT4, the Indy Pro 2000 PM18, the NASCAR Cup Series Chevrolet Camaro uh, ZL1, the NASCAR Cup Series Ford Mustang, the NASCAR Cup Series Toyota Camry, the Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car, and the USF 2000. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. How is it? Well... I got a good test of this last night because I got in a bunch of wrecks at Michigan. And I put up videos, guys, so you guys could see the, the damage model. Uh, I I think, you know, the video shows it, man. I had one where the front end uh, fell off the car and went underneath the wheels, basically. Um, it was impossible to drive if you got any damage. I mean, you had to fix it. It wasn't like you could just roll around. Yeah, the damage I got caught up, the damage, it doesn't tell you RPMs, but the, I got in such a bad wreck, my top speed was 130. The RPMs never go down. I T-boned a guy with my engine that would expect, <laughs> I'm seriously, and it was still at 2,000, and I'm just yeah. baffled. Well, I heard that bumper, like, it's not that hard to knock that front bumper off, and, and that's the exact problem I, I've heard other people say like you'll knock it off and then it just gets tucked up under the front tires and you're just going straight into the wall because you can't steer yeah it's crazy that when it happens because you you lose control you can't drive the car literally well interestingly sorry it interestingly if you stick out stick it out and do the whole repair at least uh cosmetically it completely fixes the car looks like there's no more damage it'll replace the bumpers replace everything put the wheels back in place the handling is pretty close it feels like it's full horsepower except when i went back out it was a lot more snappy on me a lot harder to control like there was still some suspension damage i want to see bear bond and stuff being added (laughs) duct tape if my crew member doesn't have a, a saw in his hand when he comes off after if i got damaged it's not good it's not good the thing I noticed is after my big wrecks and after I got the damage fixed after several minutes, the old damage model, I would have went out there and would have been slow. But with this one, I was pretty fast still. I was like, like you said, he fixed all the body work. Their RPMs were still up. Uh, I was a little surprised by that. Comparable time. Does it seem, does it, is there any time difference from like the old one to the new one as far as how long it takes to get fixed? It takes longer. Even even um, if you get just if you just tap the guy behind you, it can be thirty to forty five seconds of damage. <laughs> yeah, I did what? that to Tony in our practice race. I was tr- pushing him down the back stretch, and I crinkled his back end. Well, it yeah. sounds like <laughs> at least with all the all the wrecking, it'll be a little less taxing on your CPU because. Yeah. Um, they have finally, and actually, I guess David, right after you got done turning off multi-threading, um, looks like iRacing is finally going to start utilizing it, and uh, so that's going to be a big deal. I mean, especially in the the heavy CPU times like that, where the a big crash is going on, there's just a lot of stuff happening on screen, and the people won't get those, shouldn't get all those, you know, stops and breaks and drops in frame rate. Yeah, I had turned it back on because the Oculus Rift software doesn't did not like having multi-threading off, uh, so it, it's back on for me. Um, and it's anytime we had the big wrecks, I didn't have any trouble. 
Uh, and you, you mentioned the time, the repair times, basically, if you, if you, in the old damage model, you could try when you were damaged to limp around and hope the cautions were timely enough that you wouldn't get a lot of laps down. But like I said, never before was your top speed only 130. I would have, I would have simply been unsafe to be out on the track going 130. Uh, so most of the time, if you got a lot of damage, you you have to fix it, and you're going to go laps down. Good deal. Well, it, it looks like the um, the system my racing is going to utilize half of the available logical processors. So that will be uh, four on a quad core system with hyperthreading. So it'll take hyperthreading is basically double of your processor. So if you have a quad core processor, iRacing is going to use two of those cores, and they're hyperthreaded. So that'd be times two equals four. So much better than the one which it was always on, no matter how many <laughs> processor or how many cores you have. Uh, yield limits have been added for all physics objects to improve behavior behavior during heavy impacts. Rolling drag and contact friction improved. Wheel tether improvements. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I found that last night when I got stuck in a car. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Don't don't remember when the, the video I showed, I was stuck in the guy's back bumper. Oh yes, yes. The cone can get stuck in your car now too. <laughs> nice. So people be dragging, and there's a lot of people that like to take that thing out. So maybe now they'll think twice. It makes a clunking sound when you hit it now too. Like it sounds like you've hit an object. <laughs> and nice. I have taken damage from debris. Oh yeah, you ran over uh, one of our things from the wreck last night, or the other night. Mm-hmm. Didn't somebody end up with the green cone inside the car? I did. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> it was during a practice. I did because because I learned. I mean, I learned the lesson during the practice. And if you're in, it's happened to me before. Actually, in the Porsche LMP car, uh, it can capture it too. Um, and if it's stuck to your car, it doesn't damage the car, but it's you might as well stick a parachute on your car. Cone shape is a drag. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's keep moving. So some more graphic updates. Um, there's a whole lot of LOD settings that have been adjusted to help the performance. There's a list of cars. I don't need to read that. There's also some improved lighting for the world, especially when you're in overcloud or overcast and cloudy conditions. They've worked on some of the ambient levels for the global lighting. Shadows are also supposed to look darker now. They've done some things with the haze levels and adjusted the lighting of haze in cloud shadows. Um, before we go on, have any of y'all ever hopped in a server with a, with like 100% humidity or where they have the haze maxed out? No, yeah. isn't that when it goes foggy? Yeah, it's basically foggy. It's pretty – Reddit League likes to do that every once in a while. Just it, You have to basically – it never comes up in the official series, but you can do it in a hosted race. It's pretty interesting. Terrifying. <laughs> they fix some environmental reflections when using VR uh, in SPS mode. Um, there was also some things that were not rendering st stereo properly in the single spot between the eyes. They also fixed an issue where the player's car received cloud shadows from the long, wrong location in the world, only when driving. So we'll go to this... Uh... I think this one is another one we didn't see coming until they put it in, but they have a new uh, auto exposure camera system that they've added to the replay function. Um, 
So the cameras will now automatically fine-tune the exposure based on the image uh, they capture. Uh, the system is available when HDR is enabled in the graphics option menu. Um, there are two exposure modes, center and normal. Uh, cockpit, gyro, and roll bar cameras all use the center mode. Um, all cameras, even the auto exposure is disabled. Uh, all cameras, even when auto exposure is disabled, uh, now support a manual exposure adjustment um, with the sliders. Um, I did this with a, just a photo a couple minutes ago, which is it actually you can really get some nice picture um, from it. So it's a nice added thing to uh, the uh, photo mode. Um, the other thing they did was a visual effect in the realistic camera shake inside the car. Um, I don't know, have you guys been on the onboard and seen this shake yet? No, I'll have to check it out though. But uh, yeah, the, you know, it'll shake just with the vibration of the car. So it just makes the gyro and in-car cameras more realistic, right? So Right. Um, and then we were talking about the paint shop earlier, and I obviously went and looked at it. Um, so in the paint shop, there is now, instead of, you know, the, we were talking about they got cut the sponsors that you can put on the car, but up in the top right corner of your actual thing there, it says sponsored by Summit Racing Equipment right now. So they're obviously either selling that ad space or giving the opportunity for a company to put their ad space there, you know, for whatever they're doing with it. So um, it is there uh, for a space that they're selling, I guess. Okay, X-Audio 2 sound system is now available. You have to go into these options in the sim under sound and switch to it uh, to hear it. Uh, it's a modern sound system. Uh, the, the other one we've been using dates back to the 90s. And so this one provides more audio flexibility, better system compatibility, and has more features and effects that we will be working to include over time. Initially, it allows us to use a higher bit rate mixing for cleaner, clearer sounds, and the surround sound audio positioning is much improved. I like it. What do you guys think? I do too, mostly, but I need a, a little bit more control of the volume levels because the engine is so much louder now. I've had to turn the game sound way down low to still be able to hear everything else uh, like TeamSpeak. And um, I can barely hear the game chat. I have game chat maxed to the top, and I have the engine turned all the way down, and I can barely hear guys talking. There's a lot of talk in the forums about stuff like you're mentioning. Uh, one of the ideas is turn surround on or off to combat that problem. Uh, the other thing <laughs> that people said is sometimes they hear it's, it's heavy on the right, not the left. And that also has to do with the surround settings, I believe. Yeah, the positioning, I just run headphones and the positioning is just fine. And the quality of the sound, you definitely hear a lot more of the higher frequencies. Okay, let's keep moving. Tony, Spotter. Yeah, Spotter is now more aware of multi-class racing and it should give you a bit more positive encouragement. Uh, well, I guess if you're running around the track being all frustrated, your uh, your spotter's gonna give you a little pat on the back and you know let you know that you you are doing a good job even if you are running dead last and bouncing off every wall. Um, Renzo's Italian spotter pack has been updated with qualification conduct scrutiny messages, so if you're messing around, they're gonna let you know. 
Um, variety of new audio samples have been added for uh, <laughs> Marco's Italian spotter pack. And uh, they fixed an issue where the audio for a Joker lap spotter message was not triggering correctly. Um, they've also done some changes to the race radio. So the, the drivers and club radio channels are now included in the scanner for crew and spotters. That's and cool. So now that the spotter can hear the driver channel. Does that mean he can interact with the drivers? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too sure. It does say like, spectators can now hear the radio chatter of all the drivers that are in the same run group as the car they're watching as well. Um, which, uh, which is, you know, also good. So I, if you're going to pair it with, you know, that last one I just mentioned, it would say that they can just listen in and not interact. Cause you definitely don't want crew and spotters interacting with everyone else. <laughs> just so <laughs> there's no good that ever comes with any of that. So what is the race radio scripting? I saw this and I, I don't know what that is. You're in race. Like, uh, Function like F10. Yeah, black yeah, box radio. That's the one right there. That's the black box. It's just their fancy name for it. Yeah. So is that where you can change the um, what channel you're in and stuff like that? Yep. Did they just move where it shows up on the option? Okay, I got it now. Um, admin's got some new commands. Uh, a new command has been added that will display all drivers and teams that have been disqualified and the reason for their disqualification. That's kind of cool. It's exclamation point show DQs. And this one will be real handy, especially in our events, because people are nuts. A new command, exclamation point, clear all, has been added. Boy, that's to, nice. Yeah, it clears all pending black flags, disqualifications, and imminent blind penalties for the entire field at once. So no more going around when you're running a hosted race trying to say, oh, who's what? Who needs this? Who needs that? You just uh, exclamation point, clear all, and it just takes care of all of them. And somebody didn't get put a lap ahead of everybody else. That's what I was like saying. It kind of <laughs> helps that out because that happens so very uh, so often. You get it cleared, and you get it cleared. You all get it cleared. <laughs> I feel like Oprah whenever I'm adminning. <laughs> David, I already covered this section, so let's move on to Greg, user-created sessions. And we've already covered the tracks and stuff for this stuff, talking about it, so that's good for that point too, Mike. So that's it. So uh, we're done. Um, there was one more note about the build, about the GT3 tire updates. Alexander Horn said, we are fairly confident that GT3 tire updates will make the build. If not, they will be in the first patch. And there is already a patch scheduled for June 8th. What was the problem that you said there was having today, Mike, or David? Um, there is an issue. There's been a change. They drastically actually increased the amount of regen that the Porsche 919 is getting from braking. But I don't know if they intentionally, I don't know if that's what caused it or if they intentionally changed it. But for, but in in the LMP car, you want to run a a lot. Most of the skilled drivers run manual boost. They basically want to boost all on their own. They don't want the they don't want the auto boost to kick in at all. And there's a couple of trim settings that you can basically turn all the way down. So at Le Mans, with the speeds you're running, about the only time that it's still going to auto boost is when you're almost at a complete stop and you're down at the bottom of first gear. 
So in the old patch, if I gunned it out of the pit lane, it it would not run the uh, it would not run boost until I told it to uh, in in, in it for turns through two through six. Now even on manual settings, it's burning up fifteen percent of the allotment if you don't activate the the boost cancel button. So basically, it's just it's the boost button's not working right now. No, the boost button works. What's happening though is it's at a, it's using a higher speed bottom limit to decide when it's still going to auto boost. Because even when you're on full manual, there's a there's a point where it will auto boost down at the bottom. And what's changed is instead of it only auto boosting up to say 30 miles an hour, now it's auto boosting up to 70 miles an hour, which is causing you to use a lot more boost when you don't want to. Okay, season three schedule is out. Uh, main notes, the old Pro, Pro Mazda is now Legacy. Uh, if you purchased it in the last two years, you get the Indy Pro 2000 free. Uh, the Indy Pro 2000 replaces that Pro Mazda, and the Pro Mazda is no longer on official racing. The USF 2000 uh, replaces the Dallara F3 in the Formula Sprint Series. The BMW 12.0 swaps to single make BMW GT4 the new car. Qualifying conduct scrutiny and bad boys. This is, uh, well, it's a good thing. It, I think it needed to happen from a lot of the stories we've covered over the past little while about, you know, the silliness happening, you know, doing burnouts and whatever um, stuff, you know, trying to trying to skirt the 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 whole idea of this. Um, so they brought this out and, you know, if you're a rookie or whatever, they're going to give you a little leeway on it. Um, but, uh, B class, a class, well, you guys been around long enough, quit messing around, put your lap in and, uh, you know, get her done. So, um, uh, how it works, uh, furled black flag warning will be, you know, reset when the, when leaving the car, reset to the pits or completing the lap. However, it does not clear the warning. A second violation will trigger disqualification from the qualifying session. So, um, you know, do it once. They're going to, you know, smack you on the wrist. Uh, do it twice. You're done. You're done. Go to the back of the line. Well, we had this actually in our race, uh, our, our race that we made the other night. Um, the one guy was saying, why did I get disqualified? I was warming up my tires on pit road. So it works. That's good. Yeah, I Bobby, think it's a I think it's a welcomed uh, welcome addition. Bobby said he actually got disqualified after spinning out on his lap, like making a legitimate attempt and spinning out. He like finished, he spun out, and then it gave him a black flag. Well, technically, if you spin out and wreck it, you're done anyways. You should be t- in real life. That would be it. I like not it. every spin results in hitting the wall, though. Yeah, I like it because it gets rid of the the silliness remember when i ghosted that room with all the real cup drivers and they're all in there doing donuts before they do a qualifying run it was a joke and and this was stop that kind of stuff yeah yeah i'm all for that um definitely good uh another thing we got happening is uh legacy pricing now this is um you know this is brand new uh with this uh with this new update and uh, it's not going to affect any current members, but um, it will affect any new members signing on from from 
now till forever. Um, so what they're, uh, what they're doing is, um, it's a change that's in regard to just free content only. Um, they're going to put a little bit of a, a price on some of the legacy stuff. Um, all the rookie content, all the cars and tracks used for, you know, all the rookie series, um, for everything, uh, will always be free for the, for the new subscriptions. And then some other select content will remain free. I'm not exactly sure what that content is, but, um, but a lot of the other stuff will be like the cars will be like two ninety five, and the tracks will be, uh, four ninety five, uh, going forward, uh, for new subscribers. So anybody that jumped on just before this, uh, latest update, count yourself lucky. You were able to get in, you know, underneath that, uh, this new paywall. But, uh, they, they did want to point out on here that says, uh, you know, it should be noted that in our dozen plus years of selling iRacing, they've only made one price change to our content, and that was to drop the price. They've never increased the price of their premium content, even though their costs keep rising significantly. Um, they've always been able to, to make up for the increased costs with increased growth. But, you know, when they're dropping updates like what we're getting now and, you know, the, the plans that they have going on for the future, I mean, it was... Um, it was, I think it was going to happen eventually. Um, and this doesn't seem to be, you know, too awful bad. I mean, three bucks and five bucks. Seems uh, fair. I, I think so. I think so. I mean, if you look at all their legacy stuff that they've been given out for free, I mean, you know, you could almost, you could do a lot and never have to, you know, buy any new content. Um, they were giving what I felt was a substantial amount of content for free and they, they still are. It's going to be more like when I joined up or, you know, when uh, you guys all joined up, you had a handful of tracks and cars just to kind of get your feet wet. Um, so that'll still be available to, to everybody and just, you know, give them a few bucks for some of the, uh, some of the older stuff. I just counted, uh, at least what I have downloaded, and I guess everybody should have, there's 17 legacy cars now, not rookie, but 17 that actually have the word legacy on them. That's a lot of cars. And this, and the real key here is this is a price change for people who are coming in. Not it's, they're not turning around. They're not going to hit anybody who's already in the service and has had access to the stuff before. So this is, this is reasonable. And I think really insignificant as far as a price hike. Would like I like what they're doing here. Would it have made any of you guys mad if they actually did it to all users? Would it have actually? If I I don't you know I understand if there no has to be a it. if there's an price because some of those cars I had actually bought and didn't and also didn't get credit for them if if they you had them for more than two years you you didn't get credit for the new car to come out. I, I didn't have the newest uh, truck even though I had bought the truck about eight years ago. No, but I'm well, just saying, like, if it increased a little bit, you're not, because they do this right now, but wait till, this is a minor one they're doing right now. What do you think the membership fee might hit in the next couple of years here, or at least in the next year? Well, I don't see how they could do that. So they'd be like, oh, well, you've had it for free this long, so if you want to continue using it, now you got to pay for it. I mean, okay, sure. Um, I would rather them 
implement something like this than raise the price of subscription. So if they keep the price of subscription the same, well, that's cool. Hell, I'll even, you know, if, if they wanted to charge me for, you know, you know, uh, more than what the rookie content is and my, uh, subscription doesn't increase, I would, I think I would still be okay with that. Cause I probably really wouldn't, I don't run that stuff a whole lot anyway. So, um, for me, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be, uh, too bad. I'd be looking at a few dollars just to, just to be able to play around and stuff that I like, but, um, keep that subscription those- the same. That's, that's the bottom line. Like, let's keep that keep those numbers going the same and that this is okay where those cars are getting used is in stuff like the reddit league we do a lot of the races and random combinations that we have come with those legacy cars so that people don't have to buy new cars to be able to run in the league okay in the interest of time we're gonna skip ahead to uh podcast housekeeping notes david hall you're now technical director and doing recording and you've uh, enhanced us with some little sound bites and stuff so you guys might be hearing some new stuff thanks david uh don't forget to check the show notes at the description of the podcast to uh check our show notes uh, you can get a link and don't forget to send stories in by email to iracerslounge at gmail.com i love the help guys it certainly helps don't forget we're on the Performance Motorsports Network over there um, and uh, check them out. So we're going to skip the hardware software and go straight into Fantasy. Podcast Fantasy League. In a casual setting. <laughs> Mike, did you update your, uh, your lineup? I can't keep up. It's crazy. <laughs> you keep dropping like a rock. Uh, the the constant just, cup races is yeah, it's kind of throwing me off. Ah, uh, it's a it's a quick three minutes. Just throw something in your in your lineup. Stay relevant in our fantasy league. Um, I've fallen to sixteenth. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, just throw anybody in there. Throw like Joey Gase in there. At least you're gonna get some points for that one missing uh, spot because you're not getting nothing now. But. Uh, little bit of movement this past week not a whole lot um but we do have we do have some new ones in the top 10 i'll do a quick rundown um just in time he's still hanging on to first but uh i got a feeling he's blown through all his heavy hitters you know early on in the season and hopefully if he can you know you know keep a a nice strong lead he might be able to hang on to that for a while but and you only got 10. You got to remember that. Um, I jumped up a couple spots. I'm sitting in second place right now. I prefer to kind of be hanging around the, the bottom end of the top 10. Like Chris says, I like to pounce. Um, but uh, we'll see. I still I still got lots of heavy hitters um, just waiting for the right times to play them. Uh, G.I. Jojo's third, followed by Laird Racing. Uh, Stephen Lou Allen, who came back to us. Uh, welcome back, Stephen. He's uh, he's in fifth place. Carrie Seal six. Chris Jedi McFly, you are tied for sixth place. Look at that. Um, Smiling Ninja, she's in eighth place. T Bob is in ninth, and Impossible Girl made it into the top ten. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of movement and uh, lots of participation, and that part is really cool. I love watching throughout the race. You can 
you know, do follow the live scoring and live standings. So, you know, you can, uh, on lap, you know, two thirty, you can see where you're sitting and like, did I make that right choice? Did I pull that guy from the garage? Was that the right call? And, uh, see how you stack up against everybody else in real time. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, we got- this week was rough because it was like watching an NIS race. Nobody, everybody wanted to wreck. But I did finally pass your wife, so it's a milestone moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she's uh, she's sitting beside me while we're watching the race, and she's like, I'm ahead of Chris. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, ah, oh, crap. No more. <laughs> we got three different types of tracks coming up here, too. You got Atlanta. A hot track on the weekend. Then we're going to Martinsville on Wednesday, and then down to Homestead next Sunday. This is going to be an interesting three week or three races. Yeah, it's um, you know, trying to stay on top of things. Like Mike said, it gets you know, it gets kind of tough, but they do make it quite easy to make your uh, make your lineup. Um, and you know, sometimes you just kind of go with go with the gut, go with the gut. That's that'll usually lead you in the right place. Bristol, my lord, I tell you, um, all the beating and banging and crashing out. I, I really thought my, uh, my lineup was, was going to go for a go right in the dumper, but it looked like it happened to a lot of other people too. So it kind of, it was a bit of a saving grace for myself. Oh yeah. Mine all got wrecked. It was all Brad Kozlowski too. I went back and watched some of the, like the stuff I was watching after the race, all those races caused by everybody. Like Brad Kozlowski was behind every one of those people pushing him into the wreck. <laughs> like no kidding, like the Bubba stuff. And if you listen to the podcast, or if you listen to Door Bumper Clear today, uh, TJ was riding Chase's case pretty hard. Yeah, TJ, yeah, that one too. That was another those, one. Those spotters hold grudges big time. I still think it's hilarious how we listened to Alex's interview today, and you can tell he's a professional because he speaks in third person. All race car drivers speak in third person, right? Except for these spotters. They all say, I wrecked, or I passed you. Right. It's weird. Okay, let's jump to NASCAR iRacing Series results. Kansas, let's finish up Friday open. Uh, I had the worst night. I got wrecked in the first caution, P35. I don't even want to talk about it. It ruined my whole evening. Uh, David, you got P18. I, I didn't have a successful night any of in any of the Kansas races. Um, I, in fact, I was on a streak of five in a row, counting the counting yesterday's um, Michigan race of cars right in front of me wrecking. I mean, I'm driving at multi, I'm driving at Mark Martin style. Anybody even has a hint of a run, even if I don't think they're going to get quite to me, I'm just staying high early on. I'm just like go I'll, I'll pass you later but then that same person self spins right in front of me and i can't dodge it you just can't miss it greg your luck was much better a winner well done yeah the long runs finally happened and paid off we uh that, that it was such a crazy start at the beginning there was all kinds of wrecks and I kept getting shuffled back because the first couple laps, you know, a lot of these guys build setups and they're running flat out for the first two or three laps. And then they have no right front by the time you get to, you know, lap 10 or so, and then you're running them back down and then they try and run you hard. And yeah, it's, but uh, I, at last restart there, I think I had like 20 to go and the guy was hanging on to me, but the further we go, the further we got the, 
the more I pulled away and I just had enough of a gap where I could stay away from them and uh, yeah I was pretty excited <laughs> I posted my uh, my video there me cheering on my twitch channel and uh, yeah the setups are just they're getting way way they're getting so much better each week and we uh, we keep finding more and more speed and I'm pretty proud of that win because I've, it, it's been a long time coming okay well done uh, you deserve it uh, you had a lot of confidence on the show last week and uh, you went in there and did and got it done uh, Sunday open David uh, same story they wrecked in front of you so yeah the only reason I was able to snag a p14 is because uh, so there was a lot of carnage at the end and that I was able to survive I, it was a 30th place car after the wreck Okay, Tom Dryling, he also crashed out. Uh, let's move on to Michigan. Uh, Wednesday fix, Tom ran and got P13. He said it was a good learning experience. Uh, Wednesday open, uh, David uh, wrecked out. Different track, but same result. Yeah, again, let the guys go. And this one was weird. This The guy that I let go, there was a car towards a, a few rows in front of us that got loose and got down on the right on the yellow line and was way off pace and this car that that ended up hitting me was in the second lane and pulled down into the first lane and just rammed the guy and this was like lap six i don't know if he was blind or didn't realize how slow he was but he just rams the guy and bounces right into me cars destroyed and it's uh was it new damage model at this point yeah it was and oh. um i couldn't go faster than 130 at that point had um, like what I think nine minutes of required repairs. Not required, optional. It was it was nine minutes of optional, but in, until I fixed it, the, the car wasn't wasn't able to even hold a candle to a safe speed. Right. I was also caught up in several wrecks. Uh, I ended up P28, but I always got the all the damage fixed. Like you said, uh, you couldn't really drive it otherwise. And then it was fast, uh, you know, once I got back out there. But uh, anyway, that sucked. Uh, Greg, you also got wrecked. Yeah, just guys not checking up. They uh, all went into the corner. So one guy got sideways and everybody just piled in there. It was probably like a 10 car wreck. It was pretty big and kind of interesting to see how the damage model was in it. And I got stuck in a car and yeah, it wasn't pretty. I just kind of quit after that. And our boy, Tony Rochette, man, I can't believe it. He did it again. He got the W. He led the last 17 laps after short pitting while in fourth. He bested out a World of Outlaw driver and, who was the first guy to surpass 1,000 dirt oval wins, Tyler Shell. So shout out to Tyler. But great long run car. Thanks to everyone involved. It's a special win at the home track and hometown sponsored race. Uh, tied maybe first for his favorite win along with the Indy 500. But bay ding ding, he said. We've got to just get him to record that and make it a, a regular sound effect. There you go. A regular no way, winner. This is, this is way more fun <laughs> having Mike say it every week. I think it's honestly, I think I think it's something we should always let Tony do whenever he wins. It's like motivation. <laughs> like he can't he can't be on the the podcast that we see wins just so Mike has to read his results. I'm just so happy for Tony after so many uh, bad, bad luck stuff that happened to him the, earlier this season. And now he's getting all these wins uh, to make up for it. He gave it all to me, man. That's right. 
Let's talk today's race, Thursday Open. I ran, I got a P13. Elliot Sadler was in our race, the former cup driver. He was on the pole, actually. Uh, he finished third. We had a no caution race. It was green flag the whole way. I ended up doing a two stopper. Uh, Tom Dryling, uh, who ran in my split, he did a one stopper. He ended up P9. Uh, Tom said, uh, did not run up front most of the way, ran out of the fuel on the last lap. He was the last car on the lead lap, but it paid off for him. He had a better run than I did. Um, but, you know, we split strategy. Uh, I think most people did two, and there were about five or six of them who tried to do it on one. I was surprised at that because most of the early part of the race, I saw only about a 45 lap range. Yeah, I think he pitted on 49, and I don't know how he did 51 there uh, to, to make it uh, work. Yeah, and there's quite a bit of fall off at Michigan as well. So I haven't got my top 10, so man, I'm going into tomorrow night with a 13th. Uh, boy, I want that top 10, so we'll, we're going to have to get it. Uh, we're going to have to buckle down. I uh, did David, to get you mine. got your top 10. Yeah, man, finally, this is my first top, top split top 10. Uh, I should have had one last week, but a certain driver caused a wreck at the end. Who likes to drive it, but everybody else causing wrecks at the end. Still not going to name his name. But um, yeah, uh, I took too much tape off at the start. Both me and you discussed how we were getting really hot yesterday. Um, so I took too much tape off, and it made the set really tight as well. So on the first run, I just burned the crap out of the right front tire. Put the tape back on and also made made a loosening adjustment. And in the later runs, I was able to run with the pack and started climbing back my way back up. And then there was a lot of carnage at the end again, but I managed to dodge it all and came out P10. Great run. We were talking about the I-rating wall. Have you hit it? I don't know if you have. I mean, with runs like that, you're going to be gaining I rating. And there's no A open going on right now. So uh, uh, let's keep building on it. I think you can uh, get it up a little higher. Yep, I'm getting up there into that top split. I mean, there's there's guys that they have better sets. I mean, we're I'm getting to where I can at least tweak sets and use older sets as bases to build some new ones. Um, and we've had some success there. Uh, but some of those guys, you know, they have... They're basically teamed up with with Coke series runners. And so they had incredible resources. And, you know, there is just a point where I am just an amateur. You know, this I'm, I'll call myself a good amateur, but I am just an amateur. So it feels good to be up there in the top split. But um, I'll just keep pushing. All right. Well done. Let's uh, move on to final thoughts. Chris Scales. Um, <laughs> so missing old bastards practice tonight because my wife has taken the rig and she's going to jump on to her first track with actual other cars on it tonight so that's that should be a lot of fun really looking forward to that it's a uh, seems to be enjoying it so far i hope she gets as hope it grabs a hold of her like it did me because maybe a lot of fun if um you spend more time in iRacing with my spouse that'd be great <laughs> But yeah, missing the old bastards practice, which I could have probably used because I have done nothing but wreck those guys the last couple of weeks. So I could probably use the practice. But uh, we do have that um, our uh, race coming up on the twenty sixth. Um, be sure to uh, keep an eye on social media for that. I gotta get some more details from Wayne on the the fundraiser portion of it, and we need to start putting together some guests. But I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, Chris, 
did you see the post Bobby showed for of the the new iRacing rig for the little guy? That would just about work for Sam. Yes, man, that's so cool. Actually, it really would. She would fit perfectly in that thing. But I meant to ask him. I I just caught a glance of that when I was in the chat. I didn't get to ask where that came from. I don't know if you saw that or not. But that's such a cool thing. Like, yeah, tiny like kid sized rig next to like grown up one. It was such a cool thing to see. And it's it's funny when I'm a little guy making making. Well, I'm not making fun of her, but you know. She's small, especially compared to you. You tower, you tower over her. Okay. Uh, get it. Well, I hope she can get it. David Hall, final thought. Uh, well, you, you beat me to the punch on on the fact that I have taken over working the sound. I have fun with that. I'm I'm a band director with with experience in Pro Tools, and um, so I can drop little uh, golden nuggets in the podcast here in post. In fact, you probably might notice it. We had a technical failure and we're going to do our best to see if we can hide where it happened. We'll let you guys, we'll call that a little Easter egg. If you can find it. Um, I am, even though I haven't had great success until today at NIS the last few weeks, I had have a new milestone in my major series competition in that I'm locked in after Q1 into the top six for uh, the spa or not the spa, the Le Mans race this weekend. Uh, so I, I qualified P4 and so I don't have to qualify anymore. And um, I'll be in the televised quali qualifying shootout. They call it the super pole. Um, and I get to be a part of that. And so that's a new milestone. I'm excited about that. All right. Get it. Get it. All right. Greg Hector's final thought. Uh, just getting uh, ready here for uh, a new league that I'm joining, that I joined, uh, the uh, iRacing Stock Car Association League. Um, starts up tonight for season three for them, I guess, and uh, looking forward to it. It's broadcasted, um, so I'll have that. Uh, I have that going up. I uh, posted that on the Tafosi page. Um, you can watch me on my stream. Um, yeah, just pretty excited to see how this is. It's going to be at Michigan tonight, and... Uh, Hopefully we can uh, do it. It's open sets too, so we can. Uh, hopefully I can represent Iris and the Iris's Lounge podcast properly in this one. So looking forward to it. Well, you're coming off a big win, so uh, you get it and get it good. Okay, Tony Gross, final thoughts. Yeah, so those high racing wives. Um, mine's doing the same thing tonight. Uh, she actually had to take an hour nap so she could stay up a little later um, to get some practice. And they're going to have a little, little practice race tonight. Uh, that's that. I, I, I share Chris's excitement and uh, it's been a lot of fun watching. She gets so excited over this. She's uh, she's been having a lot of fun with those girls there. So I, uh, I hope she has a, a lot of fun tonight uh, racing and uh, you know, doing her thing there. Um the aftermath we record tomorrow so look for it sometime tomorrow night and uh man, i don't even remember what episode we're on i think it's number eight this week but uh yeah we've, we've been having a lot of fun with that i hope uh i hope anybody that's listening uh that has listened to it is uh you know having as much fun as we're having recording it um just some get some rants out there and just kind of go off the wall it's been it's a, it's a nice little release the leftover nuggets all right very good yeah check out the aftermath and uh my final thoughts is uh thank you to alex bergeron 
Uh, good congratulations, that boy. Somebody needs to get him, you know, in a dirt car for real and, and get him in the world of outlaws. Uh, he can get it done. And thanks to Evan Pasoko, as always, for coming on and helping me dissect the Coke race. Kind of worked out. I actually got wrecked out early Friday night. They had the Coke race, and so I ended up watching it. Uh, so it all worked out. Um, man, this team Tafosi is hitting on all cylinders. Uh, everybody's getting good, good finishes and even wins. And, uh, and, uh, Greg, you took your, your turn this time. So congrats on that. Uh, my excitement is I haven't had excitement like I've had in a long time in iRacing as this new NASCAR legends car, uh, the Monte Carlo 87. I, Stayed up late last night, drinking beer, running it every half hour, uh, trying to get some laps, but everyone keeps wrecking. But boy, when I do get some laps, that freaking car is fun. It's a challenge. And uh, I, I was running with Alex Bowman in one of the races, one, uh, cup driver Alex Bowman. And he had a great quote, and I'm going to repeat. He said, this is the weirdest, newest, hardest car to drive on iRacing. And I think he's right. So come race with me and let's uh, let's get it done. With that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.